yesterday. Hello and welcome to the Social Recruiting Show. As you can see, it's going to be an interesting day. I'm Katrina Collier. I'm a social recruiting trainer and speaker. Of course, we have another Katrina today, so this won't be confusing. I'm, of course, joined by my gorgeous co-host, Audra Knight, who is an employer branding genius, blood cat owning, not or could be cast wearing, purple hair loving, wonderful, bass playing mum um, extraordinaire. I can never get enough words in. Today, we are joined by KK. Maybe that's what we'll do, KK, <laughs> in case yeah. we get around it. Katrina yeah. Kibben, copywriter at Randstad now, formerly from Recruiting Daily. Thank you for joining us. Of course. Thank you. Yeah. Actually, this is our second show, but I think it's been close to a year since you were on last. Easily. Yeah. So yeah. for anyone that doesn't know you as well oh. as we do, could you give them a little uh, background to kind of what you did you know, before and what you're doing now at Randstad? Absolutely. So uh, my background is a little bit of marketing, a little bit of recruiting. Um, I really jumped into the world of HR technology and and I guess this space when I was at Visual CV, uh, the first version, the Visual CV that you see today is not the same one that I worked at yeah. uh, because we all lost our jobs and were let go uh, in the the uh, dot com bubble. Uh, and then I went to Monster.com, and that's where I met Matt Charney. Uh, and then I, you know, did a little bit of weaving and uh, ended up as a managing editor over at Recruiting Daily, um, which uh, meant I spent a lot of time kind of researching and learning about other people's great work, which actually was a great platform to move into my current role where I'm a copywriter at Randstad SourceWrite on the employer branding team. So if you have RPO with Randstad, basically you can have employer branding services as like an add-on. So I described it yesterday as like, if you go to Chipotle and you get a burrito, you get guac is extra, we're the guacamole. <laughs> okay, I, I got the last so, yeah. bit of that. I didn't get the first bit. Chipotle. What's so good? Yeah. That's about, I've been but, teasing Ben down the side here and getting him to translate what what up is. I can't, I can't <laughs> do it in Yorkshire. Good old Ben. It would be so cool. um, So we do, uh, we take a really calculated and research-based approach to employer yeah. branding, which was, I think, why you and I started talking about doing this show is because so many people say employer branding is fluff and I really just want to throw things at them because it's not fluff the way we do it. It's, it's not the way we do it. And, and being in like just immersed in my team, I've learned so much um, about taking a very methodical approach uh, about six to nine months oh, somewhere in that window. Wow. Yeah. But I've worked on incredible projects, like things I never, ever thought I would be doing. Love. I want to hear about some of those. Yeah, tell us. Tell us in while you have a drink. And also, what kind of copywriting are we talking, like job descriptions or career site? I'd love to know what kind of stuff you do. Everything. So I have one client right now. I can't name names, but know that they're Fortune 500 clients. Yeah. Um, so I have one client who came to me and said, you know, I my job descriptions suck. Can you help me write an infrastructure and a training to teach my teams how to write better job descriptions? Oh, that's cool. We were able to deliver that. Um, we do EVP and brand pillars, like the core work of an employer brand team. We do all the research. We do over 50 hours of interviews. We, I mean, there's a lot of work. And then we kind of wrap it all into an actual story. And I think having people from the outside do that is really powerful, right? Because you have somebody who can go, that's bullshit. 
Mm -hmm. That's not right. Like, I know you think you're super collaborative, but you're not. Yeah. Like, we yeah. talked to 30 people. That, that's where <laughs> I get into the fluff thing, you see. Because you say words like, we build the story and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going, yeah, the story. Yeah, exactly. It's out of bullshit, you see. So, but actually, you're calling, you're calling bull on them. Well, I, we do between 30 and 50 hours of interviews before we'll wow. do anything okay. for someone. Yeah. And so, I have a lot of context to to call bullshit on the fluff cool. when people because inherently if you're in an organization i think it's really easy to get wrapped up in what you think it is mm -hmm. it's and a for perception you, it might be that way but maybe not for everyone else yeah exactly yeah. and when you start to talk about businesses with a lot of different business units with mm -hmm. uh 12 to 15 different locations with different expertise and the company's trying to transform mm -hmm. how I mean, how do you build that into one as an internal team? You have other work to do. Yeah, good point. Now, do you um, research like online reviews as well? Is that part of your research or do you not even consider that? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, something that we offer a lot of our clients is actually a candidate experience analysis yeah. where we walk through what a job seeker would experience beginning to end and tell them where their pain points are. Basically give them a score mm -hmm. so they have something to go and work with. So on the in-house recruitment event on uh, Tuesday, so I, I spoke and then I was on a panel. So on the panel, I asked the room how many had applied for jobs at their company on a mobile phone or cell, as you guys would call it. Yeah. Like maybe 20. More had actually applied because they're done on the desktop because that's natural yeah. for us. We all have the desktop sitting there, don't we? So I was like, oh, my I God. I think we're at a tipping point. Huh? I believe we're at a tipping point for that, mm. that this next generation, they're going to be the phone first. Yeah. Like, not not to call us all old, but mm. I think there's like a 10-year gap yeah. between us and the people who actually, like, they grew up with a phone in their hand. Yeah. I didn't get a phone until I was 18. I was even older. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I would like right? another 10 years older than that again. But to be yeah. fair, you know, they kind of came around in my 20s. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know what I mean, though? It's yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. It's not inherent to us. We didn't always have it in our mm -hmm. pocket, in our hand. Also, ATSs have just been so far behind. It hasn't even been something that we could do. Yeah. Some, of, some of the ATSs. It's an issue in the tech. Of you, it, you can't, unless you're in the document in the first place, you can't, then you can attach it. But the other way around, you can't. So there's still an issue, like attaching documents, isn't there, with the phone? And do a lot of oh, younger yeah. generations have their uh, resume or CV on their phone? I think well, that maybe is starting. Yeah. Dropbox, probably. Right. Exactly, Dropbox and Drive. Right. Because they don't trust the infrastructure of a. You can yeah. go there and load it backwards. Not, you can't pick it up from the other way. Am I making sense? Like if I'm in the middle of a text, I have to go to the dock and text it, sort of thing. Yeah. So. What's oh, what's Mr. Glenn? Oh, okay. I've heard it all. Yeah, you can't throw any grenades in there. EB can be so easy, it's untrue. I, you know where I think, I do think that the, the trouble with employer branding is those kind of like working off of your own perceptions, thinking that you're right. Yeah. Um, not, not that I, I think every company is a good fit for, you know, an RPO service or for an outsourced employer branding agency. I realize like that, you know, financially or just you already have an in-house team. But at the same time, like it, 
because we operate as experts, right? And we have to tell people like, we're the expert employer branding. Like that's where Audra sits in her company. Mm. So to me, when you sit in that place, a lot of times it's hard to say, no, I just want to listen first. Mm. Like, let's not rush to the result. I'm not going to give you an EVP until I spend a lot of time figuring out the trends. Yeah. Because inevitably, if you talk to 30 different people, even if they sit in 30 different seats around the world, trends will appear. But what do you do when you get that? I think okay, my issue with EB, and I think that's what um, Ben's getting at with the whole it's actually quite easy, is I like employee-generated content. So I like what CA Technologies do and Dell are doing and Cisco, you know, it's like genuine. So what do you do when you get the pushback, though? So you go, actually, this is what what we've discovered you're like. Here's the facts, the data. And then they go, no, we want yeah. polished PR ball. So how do you... Um, well, then they... We, that was sorry. That's my so, issue with EB. I just think it's polished PR bullshit. You see, I'm a healthy. So team. in that scenario, I would recommend that we start with a current state and set an aspirational state. Right. Okay. What do we do? Okay. If your aspiration is collaboration, um, what do we do on both a structural and like intellectual level yeah. to create space for collaboration? Because, like. For example, one of my clients, that's some one of their very aspirational pieces. Yeah. And so with them, I'm like, okay, well, your team's not collaborative because you don't allow them to take risk. Mm. We figured out through the interviews, there's no risk. No one's willing to collaborate because they're not willing to let someone else take them down. Mm. Wow. Do you have to work on that? That's, the, that's what you get when you sit and you just Can listen. Can I ask something? Are they older employees? <laughs> It's a very old company with older employees. Then. A very legacy company over a hundred years old, very big, very like slow moving yeah. kind of company. I couldn't wait in that company to kill me. Oh my God. It's like <laughs> going off down the side here. What's going on? Over yeah. Here? Wow. This is awesome. Uh, I'm not sure what, what right. I'm saying. He's saying 99.9% .9 of the time people don't behave like job seekers, but still may be activated as potential hires. Yeah. You're talking about more passive. I think if a recruiter gets in touch with them or they see the right piece of content from an employer that's interesting and hooks them in. Yeah. Everyone's got a price, right? I think that's what hung means. Hung right more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I look at what I Ashley wrote, though. So millennial here. I'm sorry, but we, we don't have millennials here. We have young people and older people. There are no millennials. Um, <laughs> I tried to apply for a position on my phone. It was a pain. Gave up and waited until I was in front of my desktop. Whoa, where'd it go? Too many people writing stuff. Um, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. But what's interesting about that is that she didn't give up. I bet it wasn't, huh? Well, it's interesting to me though is that she didn't give up. I bet a lot of people would have said screw it and not actually gone to their desktop and yeah. even applied. Not everyone, but I mean, how many? How many of the employer branding people on here have even looked at your mobile bounce rates? Mm. Yeah, exactly. For your career site, does your ATS yeah. even give you that number? No. That I mean, Google Analytics might. Well, I have clients. Google Analytics definitely does. I have clients which ATS not by choice that she was forced into it <laughs> due to the other HR finance capabilities of it. Um, uh, I know which one. <laughs> I'm sitting on the iPad out in their reception going, but I can't apply for this job. It was putting me on a loop and they worked out because it had come from a, a LinkedIn job advert that it was 99 people had tried, but only about 20 got through because they just gave up because they were doing this loop. Just gonna bugger it. And you're just going, wow, who did, who did you miss? Exactly. That breaks my heart. Mm. Like, honestly, I would rather you do, you treat 
your mobile experience, like uh, submit your email address and we'll send you the application kind of thing, yeah. then to have to lose what percent is that? Yeah, 80% uh, of the people who come to your mobile yeah. apply leave. But what like, if that's really a lot of wasted effort? Yeah, but you've got to think about this way, Audra. Like, so with what I teach with the sourcing piece, I'm teaching like how to find people and get in contact with them. There's often a little link coming through that they're going to click. They're going to click it on their phone because I suggest everyone message really early in the morning, mm -hmm. or you know, late after dinner time, and they like go, oh, click, oh, uh, I'm stuck. Um, mm -hmm. can I just point out Michael's comment though. It's so funny. When you're talking about bounce rates, Michael Cox. Kevin, my mobile doesn't bounce. Okay, I'm not I see that trick again. <laughs> yes, they don't. <laughs> I see what Hong is talking about. So, so when we consider that candidate behavior, yeah. we actually use the like Candy Award research. Yeah. Uh, so the points that they evaluate as kind of their standard best in class, with a bit of research on our own, um, it's not linear. It appears linear, and I definitely just described it as a linear model, but we have no impression that this happens, then this happens, then this happens. I don't assume that, regardless of active, passive, whatever. I, I find that, but looking at every point is eye-opening for companies. They don't, example, okay, how many people on this call have done an audit of all of your candidate touch points recently in the last five months? Three months. Maybe Ben should answer that. Ben's asking you questions. Right. <laughs> yeah, I see that. So um, yeah, what's asked... the toughest bit of your gig? Toughest bit of my three years experience in EB is managing the expectations of what leadership think the culture employee experience is compared to what it is. And then he's written down so, here, Jay is an amazing tool and I can't believe more teams don't use it. Tell Google yes. content is selling and ultimately what your site is converting at. Exactly. I assume that GA is Google Analytics um, for those who aren't in EB. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, and to answer your question, Audra, I actually have a ton of dashboards and I'd be happy to share them with people that are already custom built. You just have to turn them on and you can get a custom EB dashboard just like that. And I did it because I'm a nerd Is and I wanted to be able to just see my stuff. No. So <laughs> you can build custom dashboards in Google and make them available to other people. It doesn't translate your data, just the infrastructure of your data. Wow. Yeah, it's really that. cool. I'm happy to share it. If anybody yeah. wants it, you can find me on Twitter. Just tweet at me and say, hey, I want this. <laughs> yeah. I'll send it to you. Definitely um, check but to out. answer Ben's question about the hardest part of my job, mm -hmm. similar. Um, so for us, you know, we're walking into an organization and saying, okay, we're going to learn you better than you know you. Mm -hmm. People are kind of like, Ooh, what are you going to find? Like, yeah. There's a bit of anxiety, I think, on their part. And it inevitably it changes the expectation. So if you're really anxious about, you know, what the outcome's going to be, when the outcome comes, you're like, what is it? You know, they're like fear, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. But we're really lucky. And I, I know Jim can attribute, can say something about this too, but like, we're really lucky to work with clients who understand that they everything themselves. Um, that a little bit of help means that you you can be a better brand you can be better to people mm. you know like you can treat candidates like humans even though you're a huge company because you have people like like jim who can teach you about better sourcing you have our incredible and i'm i swear i'm not just saying this like i genuinely believe we have some of the best recruiters because they actually mm. care they really care about these clients. but i guess the other thing as well is if you're going into the companies and you're uncovering stuff 
that is going to help them retain, not just have an employer brand, hopefully. Right. I mean, what exactly. I was I always tell people. Sorry. I was so just saying ahead. what I was talking about last time and last night, hence I was banning the millennial because it was disrupt HR last night here in London was about the Gen X because you have got this problem that the boomers are going to retire and there are disgruntled Gen X because yep. we've been overlooked so much just because of the time that we went through work more than anything else. So actually, if you can uncover that and help with that, that's, you know, it's a bigger thing than just, oh, this is how we look to future recruits. If the company, as you say, is open to the feedback you're going to give them. Yeah. Um, but like when I talk about employer branding, I think the other piece that is my anti yeah. <laughs> is that I genuinely believe that employer branding infuses your pipeline. Mm -hmm. Good employer branding yeah. makes your, do you see these I know. dogs? <laughs> 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 Pat, I'm right? I've got to walk them in a minute. So they're going to go nuts at some point in about the next half an hour. <laughs> Really good employer branding gives you recommendations, ideas, philosophies to be able to infuse the entire pipeline so that when you have issues, you can roll it back to something. There's actually a point and solution instead of a problem and a guess. Mm -hmm. And I bet if you're talking to that many people within the company too, it's going to help with employee engagement because they like that you care, that you're bothering to actually take their opinion, make changes. If that's the management will yeah. make changes. Right. Right. Well, the I roll one. <laughs> um, like, so we let them speak confidentially. We don't record anything. Yeah. Uh, and when we deliver the results, we actually put everyone's comments into one uniform element. So, and remove any company names, remove anything that somebody could kind of source their way back yeah. to them so it creates a little bit of a comfort barrier for everyone so they can to that. actually be able to share yeah. that's that thing with employee surveys i would i was never yeah. honest on it because i didn't believe they weren't tracking it somehow whereas actually if you're sitting one-to-one -one interview and it's not recorded you can see the i'm the same way yeah. at a few companies ago <laughs> uh i was working at a company that was very excited about being one of the best places yeah. to work and I was like, this is one of the worst places <laughs> I've ever worked. I wouldn't even fill out the survey yeah. because I knew they would find some way to come back and get me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not touching it. Yeah. I mean, that's um, where I think that the glass doors, et cetera, have their day. We had this argument last week, so we won't go there again. But in the just in that respect, of if it is a lot of reviews that say the same kind of common thread, you can't ignore it. If it's one, sure, someone's having a rant. But, you know. Right. Anyway, yeah. we won't go into that because we did that last yeah. week. We can just, <laughs> I'll be in trouble again. I just want to say one thing yes. contradictory to what was discussed yeah. last week. <laughs> I don't like CEO. I don't like this fluff. CEOs should respond to reviews on Glassdoor. Oh, I, I, okay. So here's the strategy okay. I like. You tell me what okay. you think. So the best Glassdoor strategy I've ever heard came out of Citizens mm -hmm. Bank. Um, I cannot remember her name. Debbie right now, she's Boston. Debbie yes. Salato, yeah, she's awesome. Yep, Debbie Salato, uh -huh. look her up. So what she does is she has a functional uh -huh. team of managers yep. across each department. Yep. And when a review comes in for a specific department, which all of them are assigned to a yep. department, she has the manager awesome. read and work with her to respond. Why I think that's more valuable. So 
the manager can take a series of trends and go, okay, we have a problem on yeah. our team. Let me go back and fix this or let me directly address this because it's, it's their responsibility to make the company better. It's not the CEO's responsibility to fix every little problem. In okay. Company. No, sorry. That I agree with when I've talked about CEOs before is of smaller companies. You're talking okay, like yeah, international about SMBs because there's like thousands and thousands of SMBs we always overlook because everyone just goes, oh, mm -hmm. you know, let's focus on these. It was like, well, actually, what about all the other companies? But, you know, that employ so many people. I mean, there I just think, yeah, yep. but I agree. I mean, God, big company, it should be the head of that department. But I do like the fact she's guiding them and coaching them and helping them and, and mm -hmm. like, not. They're like, a team. Sometimes, they right? sit down and talk yeah. about how they respond. They talk That's about so cool. trends they're noticing in this team yeah. and that team and the other yeah. team. Like they're they're really functional yeah. in taking that and doing something with Which it. That's good. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. Like Glassdoor is used Glassdoor is like Yelp. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's typically it's a lot of outliers, but at the same time, like yeah, you have to give credit to trends and only yeah. managers can tell you if a trend yeah. is real. And let's not forget all of the other sites out there, by the way, <laughs> you can mm -hmm. also write reviews. It is, but they aren't, yeah. it isn't just Glassdoor. I mean, every week we just say Glassdoor and we shouldn't. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Although I have a random yeah. question. Is Glassdoor a public company yet? Do you guys know? That's a Jim question. Jim will know the answer to that. Yeah. Michael Cotton, how do you know you're not? Whoa. Um, he doesn't know. I'm stunned you don't know. I thought you were the sort of the font of all knowledge. He knows I haven't. So Ben and I. How do you know you're not asking the wolf to reply to the complaining lambs? So I do think that the the AB person or whoever is kind of managing that team of managers yeah. needs to be reading everything as well. I'm not saying that they're the only person who do it. Um, and I, this is me adding stuff to Debbie's actual idea, but you could probably include some of that in their feedback, in their reviews, because reviews shouldn't be one time a year where you dump all of your feelings on people and tell them how terrible they are, right? You, maybe you could use Glassdoor reviews as pulse checks for your yeah. team. And that you as the kind of owner of that team can give those teams feedback. All right, you're you have a seventy five percent positive rating. Um, you know, this is where we see some pain points. This is where we see some growth. That's information that I would yeah. take to the CEO. I like like the little happy things. You know, like when you go through customs and you get to go where they're nice. That I'd do that at the door. What if hiring managers' bonuses <laughs> had some like had to be affected by like online reviews? That's interesting. It's probably crazy, but something yeah you know something to just give a little context of the team mm. that's not everybody trying to write three paragraphs of feedback and bullets about why this person is great and then giving them three points of weakness and what what happens at least in my experience is that you get to the reviews and some people it's really easy to write the good part and some people it's really easy to write the bad part but it's not always easy to like hit five bullets on each you start mm -hmm. to stretch a little yeah and that's it useless to me. Why don't we ever like, do? How can we never do like performance reviews, but up, like of your manager? That would, wouldn't that be useful information to people higher up instead of just companies will do that? Yeah, it's yeah, scary though. Yeah, that's that what's it called? Three sixty. But oh I, yeah, I always yeah. go back to like remembering what I was like, and I mean, hung hung knows what I was like back in my spring days. But also, 
you know, I'm strong and I'm loud and I'm opinionated. But also I was so defensive because of my childhood and what I'd been through on a personal level. So someone gave me feedback. I would end up either sobbing or freaking angry. It was like there was nothing in between. I think actually receiving feedback is tough as well. And I do think a lot of us take our stuff to work whether we mean to mm. or not. And I just, I was talking to a couple of HR ladies about this last night. It's like, it's re- I would hate to be in that situation where I'm having to give that back. I would just fail. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, I love Jim's now. comment. When were you not? <laughs> no, I I, we, that's the thing. I, we have to bring ourselves to work. Mm. Like, it's 40 hours a week out of, you know, not that many hours that you're mm-hmm. awake. Most of them are spent at work. You're going to, you have to bring yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, good, better. Yeah. Make it. Yeah. It's just, that's the real. Actually, okay. I'm going to answer you. <laughs> when was I not opinionated? No, I'm still opinionated, but I can now hear, <laughs> I can now hear an alternative fact and go, okay, it might annoy me, but I will probably just be more likely to let it wash. I don't get so incredibly yeah. defensive. So, mm-hmm. I know I'm being very personal here, but I'm just saying, like, I'm just one person who couldn't handle it. I just think there are tons and tons of people out there who can't. And mm. that must kind of come yeah. into that thing when you're doing all that reporting and you're having to go to managers and say, hey, you know, we have a problem with your department. I can't create a brand yeah. for you because you've got a fundamental problem. Yeah, yeah. and, you know, I just... No, you go first. Ryan, I was going to change the topic a bit. Well, I was going to say I just clicked on Hung's link, and I'm curious, Hung, why you're doing this rating scale. So I personally, I like open text fields on feedback. Okay, it's not. <laughs> um, I, giving feedback up. I really like open text fields mm-hmm. because when you give somebody a number mm-hmm. system, nine times out of ten, they're going to fall in the middle. Yeah. And that's not helpful. Hmm. You're going to have tops and bottoms. Like, you're going to have your high end. You're going to have low end. But nine times out of ten, those on a team of more than ten, it'll hit the middle. But, Michael, why even spend the time on the the This is Google. Google manages feedback survey. This is actual Google's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, so one of the – I only had one speaker feedback from Tuesday, and it was a four out of five. And I was like, what? I, I, like – what did I do wrong? And I'm like, it's and that's actually good. That's, that's, good. that's like good. And I'm like, what did I do yeah. wrong? I don't. There's, no, you know, like okay, you know, it didn't resonate with me or something. Like just something. No, really funny. I'm so yeah. focused on what I lost for that mark. Mm. Yeah, I agree completely. I'm the same way. I'm like four and a half. Yeah, <laughs> four and a half. Five. <laughs> Totally. It is subjective, but yeah. And then they try to give you that shit. Like, well, no one's perfect. I'm like, no, I'm going. To- I tried really I tried hard. hard. <laughs> yeah. Were they uh, were they upset that I swore? Was that it? That one Mark was just swearing, right. and I'd be like, "Yeah." <laughs> it could have been just. A we were actually almost late to this call because we were talking about swearing yeah. on present mm-hmm. on. Uh... <laughs> I missed that back on Blab when it used to be the pre-live, didn't we? We used to have everyone could see yeah. all the crap going on while we were not getting yeah. people on and swearing our heads up, and then we go all formal. <laughs> the- yeah, people actually like the pre-show before the show. Yeah, that, I missed the pre-show. Hey, there's the curtain. Um, Animals giving a shit for not saying. Yeah, that. there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, no, I just I want to address this hypocrisy that you have in the US. Though, so every time I come over and speak, I'm not allowed to say fuck on stage, but you guys off stage f bomb all over the place. I was like, I'm sorry, I object. But that's not us. That's the organization 
in some cases saying that they don't want it and you want to get hired again, don't you? It's so hard not to, though. As an Australian, it's just so hard. Well, I think it depends, too. Like, I spoke at a Sherm event, and my feedback explicitly cited my swears. Mm -hmm. Where at, like, HireConf yesterday, I feel like they kind of, like, giggled along, and they're like, okay, she's real. Don't mention HireConf. She gets the audience. We're banning talking about that because of Audra. But you got a shout out though. I saw your slide. That was cool. It was awesome. It was amazing. It made my whole day. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. We tried. We tried to live up to the the Audra level of excellence. Uh, You only got a Don't know if you achieved, but we tried. (laughs) It was so sweet. Thank you. Um, I have a question. Going back to like sort of more negative, what do you do if a company is actually laying off in certain departments? Mm. And then how do you sort of keep up a employer brand? Or are you to just be really honest and say, like, right now we're having a tough, I mean, what are you doing? That yeah. So I typically, actually, our clients will put a pause on our employer branding work. Yeah. Um, it's not the right time. And a lot of our recommendations inevitably end up in the recruitment marketing area. Um, and so we don't want to make a huge investment in recruitment marketing when the news is saying, hey, we just laid off 600 people. Like that's a very contradictory story and one that we don't want to have to battle. Um, Obviously there's business reasons for letting people go and still hiring at the same time, Mm -hmm. but you don't want to put a ton of investment in that time. Mm -hmm. It's, It's just, Typically, we do. We just put a complete pause on anything. Wow. No interview. Like if we we could be in the middle of our process, and we will just hit the brakes and mm. stop and pick it up when things are. Yep. And uh-huh. you said you would still invest in recruitment marketing, though. No. No, nothing. You pause your recruitment marketing just spend your hands until <laughs> the news. Yeah. You, you just pausing all your ads. Yeah. You um, want to look for the stories even, where you could write about the people who you were able to move. Like last night, I met someone. I'm head of people. I've got three months' experience, and he's come from the business and literally knows nothing about HR. But he got moved within his company, so yeah. you wouldn't tell those stories. But at least, but then where are people going to trash them? No, doesn't help. Okay, I it might. No, I'm just um, throwing it out there. Yeah, I haven't taken that approach, so I can't tell you one way or another. Mm. I think we try to be very considerate of the the brand as yep. well so employer brand you know isn't this little like bubble that sits inside hr like you're you impact marketing you impact corporate communications like there are a lot of people who you interact with if you're running a truly functional employer branding group com will tell you be quiet when when everyone when the news is being loud in a negative way you need to be mm. quiet Mm-hmm. Yep, I hear what you're saying. Because people who lost their job, they don't give a shit why you uh, need to hire software engineers still or why you want to tell people your story. They lost their jobs yes. and they're going to be mm-hmm. even louder if they see that you're being yeah. loud. Yeah. Interesting. I like it. Yeah. It's a bit like politics, right? Like, like, like when it's really terrible, you need to like, shh. yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Maybe all employment for your team should have like a copywriter, a video person, a PR person, <laughs> you know, perfect world. I know. Course, but. Yeah. 
Yeah. Then you're going to um, wonder why your president's least... getting so much coverage then. Hmm. Anyway, changing subject. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to get it in every show while I can. <laughs> I shouldn't. Yeah. I'm right in the middle of getting global entry, so I should shut up until I've had my interview and I'm in. Oh, wait, I'm not, I'm <laughs> one stage left, which involves just showing my passport. <laughs> then I should keep slagging. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I have that too, a global traveler. Yeah, so I've, I've been cleared by the Brits side, cleared by the US side, and now all I've got to do is turn up. I can't do it this next one because I'm about to be in Dallas. I'm doing it when I'm in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. It's an Cruise through like an American. Well, having stood in Dullus for an hour and a half because they sent me to the wrong queue, and I'm just standing there going, I shouldn't be in this queue, and I couldn't get to the other one. They wouldn't. Newark. Newark is the oh, worst is customs that I've ever been through. Like, I have never seen that many people in one place. Like, it, but I already had global travelers. So I walked through, was like, uh, oh, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine you saying that as you walk oh. by. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it was like, uh, oh, yeah. honestly. But then my most hilarious—we're completely off topic, but it's kind of a bit in the way about marketing. Marketing of the U.S. Um, going into Dallas, and the guy is giving me crap because I'd just been in San Francisco, and I'm going, like, it's a ten-hour flight. Like, but obviously, if you haven't left Texas, you don't kind of get that people do travel this easily in and out of the U.S. But anyway, back to the subject yeah. in hand. <laughs> people ask questions. I'm willing to answer anything from candidate experience to EB. Whatever. Yesterday, I led a panel on hiring managers, making uh, employer branding videos that don't suck. Yeah, let's uh, that, Audrey has great content on that, too. So <laughs> I was actually really excited because on Tuesday, I was just talking to the guy from Job Beauty. I love that. Um, mm -hmm. It's a little bit like what Abby's doing. And um, I'm saying to him, I literally will jump up and down like this, like on the ground, sit down, flap my hair, whoosh, and I deliver up here to get the energy out like this. <laughs> mm -hmm. And he yeah. went and did a video. After I said that, it was so cute. Yeah, I'm nice. so excited. Sorry, that was all about me. Um, I'd love to chat about job descriptions more. Like, what do you think are some best videos? What's right. your top tip for hiring manager videos? Then can we especially coming from yeah, especially coming from being a. I want to hear Audra's first. <laughs> well, no, no, no I mean, happy <laughs> let's first. start with a video and then we'll do really good. We'll do a job description video and you can do both in one go. Yeah. There you go. So, um, some of our tips and Audra, please interrupt me. Um, for baking videos that don't suck is not to do anchorman style videos. So someone's staring dead into the camera and kind of creeping you out, right? Like, or the second one where you can tell they're reading a transcription oh. of some sort or trying to remember what the HR lady said. My favorite is when you can tell the person remembered halfway through and they're like, <laughs> <laughs> you can see the excitement kind of boil. Yeah. Um, that's terrible. Or, oh my god, I haven't thought of that. And you're like, I have watched movies that were shorter than this. <laughs> like, um, and filming horizontally, I think that was the big one that Abby from Skill Scout was sharing. Was that when you film horizontally, it feels more like better quality yeah. than when you film this way? Yeah, that's because of Snapchat and Instagram stories, isn't it? We've all got used to that way, not but yeah, that way you can do so much more with it, can't you? as well yeah. and um, i like the handshake and i like the rawness and the like we've just done this on the fly that kind of the realness yeah. and i think that gets around that oh i've remembered 
I want to say one thing about videos. I cannot stand Please. any high fives in any employment brand videos. Or, yeah, that or high five, team high fives. No, they need yeah. to be banned. Can we so. ban the word awesome while we're there? <laughs> just throwing that out. We there. need to yeah. do that show where that goes into the bin. I can't think what the show's called. Uh, yeah. Stephen, answer me. What's the show called? There's a show here where you you get to vote if something into the bin. Um, Another thing, and, uh, so animal. Whoa, Tim Sacker, according to recruiting animal, says you should use vulgarity and swearing in job ads for certain target markets. Maybe for certain. I don't know which, but hey. <laughs> You're not fucking fucking code, I, okay? No, I can't see them liking that. I mean, I can't see a space where that would be, unless you're like hiring a yeah. comic. And I have never seen a job ad for a comic, so yeah, there you go, comic. As you, yeah, I will. You're right, recruiting animal. Stretching a little for that one. Wasn't what you said. Room one hundred and one. Yes, thank you, Ian. Oh God, it's going nuts. <laughs> Even trucker, like. People, Truckers. when they're looking for a job, I think they have a certain expectation yeah. that they, they need to keep it classy. Yeah. And I would expect the company to kind of meet that expectation. Mm. Like, I'm not saying job ads shouldn't have voice, obviously. Mm. I'm not. But I think you have to set expectations for what your company mm. is like. So to answer your question, Audra, so when it comes to job descriptions, we always have kind of a standard EVP. Mm. So the format. And this is kind of generic, but yep. obviously we adapt it per client. So the first paragraph is an EVP that tells a person what's in it for mm. them. So this is a general same, value same proposition. For, every, for all of them? And it's on the yes. top? So I do the top instead of the bottom. Because we have them on the top. Somebody's like the first thing people read. Attention spans are so short. No one is going to read through all that bullshit to get to the bit that's about them. I, you like that's what I'm wondering if you're sticking at the bottom. No way. You're going to come in, Audra, and you're going to work on this project, and you're going to make this contribution, and we're going to help you this way, and it's you, 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 right at the top. Smack at the top. Nobody gives a So that's job specific. So for the generic part, you you agree with me, it should maybe be at the bottom. Yeah, if you're even going to go that far. So the reason I put it at the top yeah. is because, exactly, I put it at the top because I want people to connect with the company mission before they connect with the role. I want you to say that sounds like some somewhere I yep. want to be before you go. That's the kind of work I want to do. But what if they don't read it? That's are they going to read it? I think people read the first paragraph. Okay, so hang on. So I got that ran the wrong way. Work. Sorry, I thought you were saying the job description was at the top, but you're not. No, I'm saying the EVP is right smack at the top. Oh, the generic, like the same for every. Yeah, that's how we have it. I don't read those at all. When I, I, I skip straight past it because I attend to. I got a what required skills. What do I need? You should see my EVPs. They're very. Well, that, that could be <laughs> they're very good. good. Yeah. Maybe a really I, good one. I I. But are they really good or are they non-genuine fluff? I. Hers are good. I'm sure. I think I'm biased. I know I am, but. <laughs> I, I try to connect with the person. Yeah. So I put, I know what the brand needs, right? I know kind of what their pillars are. And so I kind of put myself in those shoes. Example, I, their pillars are ambition, uh, future focus, and I'm making this up and uh, purpose. Yeah. And so when I talk to them, 
I'm going to say like, we are looking for people who are inspired by purpose and impact. We want people who, you know, the right person though, Casey, is going to connect with that. That's true. So maybe I get what you're saying, but it's like we're looking for this, whereas actually you're trying to, I guess I'm always doing the highly sought after talent, you know, bombarded by recruiter messaging, who just, they do want to know what's in it for them, enough to hook them in to then read the next bit. If you put your bit a bit further down, I'd probably be okay. But you're also writing it on the we, and I'm all about the you. So, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not a marketer, so. It depends. It depends on the company. They they vary drastically from company to company, but we do put it first because psychologically, and this is my philosophy, right or wrong, is that I want you to connect with the company and then I want you to see where you go, where you fit. Not because so many times we go, okay, you fit. Like somebody says, okay, I can do the job, but that's not all that it takes to be successful at a company. And whenever people are like, well, they just have to have the skills. I'm like, okay, clearly you've never done hiring. (laughs) Yeah. Ever. Because you have to have the skills and be able to work with people, be able to have a conversation and not be completely offensive to other people's like sense sensitivities, I guess. You know, there's, there's sense, I guess. Yeah. That's just how I think. Right about under it. the first bit that hooks them to get them to read that bit. I'm not. I'm not saying it shouldn't be there. I just don't think it should be. Do you guys have thoughts on performance-based job ads? That's like Lou Adler's thing. Say that again. So a lot of clients' performance-based job ads. Oh, they have to ask. That's a, big a few question. clients. A lot of my clients have been asking about it lately. Um trying to understand kind of what it is, how it translates, because right now they're writing requirements. Uh. Um, it's not about the people. Uh. And I'm just curious, do you guys have any thoughts about them or anything? No. So it, in the, you would say like, instead of saying you need to have a degree, you would say you need to under, have sold this many XYZs or? Exactly. Interesting. It's really specific. Uh. Um, and it's very, it's basically outlining what you need to accomplish in the first year to be successful in this role. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you will accomplish. and Ben, I can totally show you some examples of this, uh, because I've actually been doing mm-hmm. it. Um, so, so for example, instead of saying like, must be able to climb ladders and blah, 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 for like a very functional role, yeah. you can say things like afraid of heights need not apply. We'll expect. And so when they walk in, they go, okay, this is, this is what I have to do to be successful versus I check the boxes. Okay. I'm here. (laughs) Cause it's quite interesting. Cause you say climb a ladder. I'm like, sorry, it just started chucking it down the brain. Um, it's just the noise got me. I'm surprised you can't hear it with my headset not working. Um, but the thing, like, I think climb a ladder, oh, yeah, I can do that. And, but when you actually said afraid of heights, but, yeah, that would so stop me climbing a ladder because I hadn't – yeah, you're right, absolutely. Um, I'm loving Michael's comment down here. Like- Old salty dog, but I do like performance-based interviewing. Yeah. Uh, ben, haven't had oh, – so I haven't read about them. Recruiting I like the idea of telling them about projects that you break shit and asking for everything for nothing. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I like the idea of having – 
kind of giving them an idea of things they may be working on. But then what if things change? Yeah. That's the only downside. If you say you're, you're going to do X, Y, and Z, and then all things, directions change, I guess it doesn't matter. It was just, if it's just an advert and not an HR document. I think, I don't think you should be posting jobs that you don't know what they're going to be doing. <laughs> but things change. Like, what if all of a sudden, you know, there's layoffs and you need to watch, move them. They, well, but, but you generally. What your like, job description says, Audra? Say that again? Are you Sorry. doing what your job description says from when you signed mm -hmm. up during the company? Yeah. Really? It hasn't but changed? It, you haven't uh, added shit, taken away shit? Like, really? You do what needs yeah. to be done. Like, it's a guideline, yeah. even if it's yeah. a HR document. It's not a... Yeah. Otherwise, it would be... But... pot needs filling. Oh, I'm not doing that. It's not my job description. Ew, I, I hate people like, like that. that, aren't they? That's the <laughs> Put it in your context, Casey. If you were working as a recruiting partner yeah. with someone, yeah. right? You, when you talk to that hiring manager, you're trying to establish what does this person's day-to-day -day look like? What's going to be happening? And that's the information that we're using in this job description. We're not saying like, this is the end all be all, but it's saying like, let, let's start here. Can you do this? <laughs> and then we'll figure out yeah. the rest. That's why, is he still there? Is he gone? Oh, I think he's disappeared. Um, I go and give him a shout out. He's not there. But like, that's why I like Workshape, which Hung's done for the developers. That you've got so to come cool. in this is what you're going to do and it looks like this shape rather than okay you need to do so i had three years of java or whatever oops sorry exactly breaking mm -hmm. my desk now it's all happening here mm. i'm sorry i'm really <laughs> you and me both i'm actually really excited that i still have a voice after yesterday yeah. because i hosted two panel i hosted a panel did a session and was talking constantly yeah, right because i never showed yeah. <laughs> so fly back this morning or last night last night late last okay. night yeah yeah i was chatted i so i did um so yeah 40 minute ish talk and then did a panel and then people were talking to me asking me questions i was looking at them like, i don't know what i'm talking about because it's exhausting isn't it when you're on you're on and then you come off stage and everyone hits you and you're like i don't know what i'm saying yeah, yeah, well, and then you have to go back <laughs> oh like, yeah okay exactly. i can do this one more round. can be done yeah that's bringing up better than a good question what about salary do you think anyone should add salary ranges or how do you feel about that to job descriptions i i don't and it might be different in the uk so feel free to correct me but Salary is usually a range and it's negotiable. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to put something on. I will never put something on a job description that I believe will make people self-select out when I have the power to change it. Mm. That's why you only use the mandatory requirements. That's why you are very specific and you offer actionable items because none of nothing I put in a job description is negotiable. Mm. Okay, but well, what, it is. You could say you want five years of Java, but you really only need someone that's good at it. They could be good. I wouldn't put five. Yeah. yeah. But what if you do want people to deselect themselves out? Like, what if you're a big, stuffy, old, slow-moving company, like you were mentioning before? You don't really want to appeal to entrepreneurial-thinking people, do you? So, so you should have a boring, old, stuffy job description, right? Yeah, <laughs> but they do. Yeah. There's no big company right now that wants to stay exactly like they are. Say that again? There aren't a lot of big companies right now yeah. that want to stay exactly where they are. This is a, this, right now, we sit in a tipping point yeah. for companies, for technology, for innovation. Like, we just went through a wave, and I think we're in a bit of a lull. 
we're approaching very quickly another tipping point. I don't know what that is. If I did, I would be making money on it right now. Um, but I, I genuinely believe there's going to be a major shift. And something actually was mentioned yesterday that reinforces that belief is that Johnny Campbell was talking about um, kind of the, the technology of the future. And I said, we are not implementing the technology of the future until everyone in HR can plug a USB port in and not freak out that their mouse isn't going to work. <laughs> like they, you have to be more technical than ever yeah. in the future state of HR and recruiting. Mm -hmm. um, and so until that happens, yeah. until our industry starts to shift to have more of a technology first mindset, mm -hmm. we're not moving. Yeah. We can talk about AI all you want. We are mm -hmm. not going anywhere yeah. until we hit that tipping point of talent. I mean, we have this again, we have this all the time, don't we? Going back to the, the sourcing side, but there's all these tools already and all anyone's doing is spamming. All they want to know is how to get the email so they can spam. It's like, you're absolutely right. But on that USB, I, one good thing about the new Mac with the USB-C, but seriously, there must be an easier way to know which way to plug them in. Every time I'm upside down, I mean, I've worked with people who are like, I can't use Google Drive. And I'm like, it's literally Microsoft Word on the internet. Yeah. Come on. Uh -huh. <laughs> exactly, Jim. It's like, did you try turning it on and turn, turning it off yeah. and turning it back That's on? That's what again? I will be did doing you unplug it? Book after this to hope that my brand's thanking me. Right. Earpiece works. <laughs> I'm feeling irritated mm -hmm. with that right now. Anyway, we're going to get 24 hours for me in technology. So Michael's written here, what if I can't pay more than 150000 Wow, I'm moving to the US. Um, and I don't want to hear from people that can, can't can earn less than, I can't earn less than $200,000. Yeah, I need to screen them out. I think job ads need to be very unattractive also. Yeah, how would you screen so, someone out like that? I actually really like the use of chatbots for that. Mm -hmm. Instead of putting it into your job ad, when someone clicks apply, Push them to a chat bot that has three prequal questions. Yeah. They answer the questions. They're all yes or no questions. Would you accept a salary of 150000 No. Okay, you're out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's really simple to set up. I, so many people talk about job at, or excuse me, chat bots in the context of like, I put it on my site and I chat with candidates live. And I'm like, no, use it in, in your funnel yeah, yeah. to yeah. decrease how many people you pour in because your success rates will look so badass when you're like, oh, I screened 300 people out last night and I, while well, I was sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> like, but you don't no, need a chat bot for that. that. You, sorry? You don't really need, can't you just use the screening forms in your ATS? Do you really need a chat bot for that? If you want, I think a chat bot feels more personal. Mm -hmm. It feels like a pre-screen. Mm -hmm. uh, clicking buttons in an ATS doesn't feel like a pre-screen. Mm -hmm feels like an application. I think that also needs to be the opt around because I always talk about my sister who has 20 years of event management experience and couldn't get a job because she didn't have a degree until I taught her how to hack around the system. But, you know, you kind of go mm -hmm. like, come on, mm -hmm. there needs to be a bit of intelligence goes on as well. Yeah, that's, so, that's just me having a little rant about that again. Um, Michael, just reminding us that most of his intelligence is already artificial. Oh, oh Mr. Cox, <laughs> I just want to invite him on as well. Bless. Hey, Katrina, can we um, touch on career sites? One, obviously, yeah. like what makes them great, but also, do they even matter that much now that people are just coming in from Indeed and Google and all these other places right to the job page? 
So I think they matter right now. I don't know what their long-term relevance is um, because they are the source of truth. I think for many candidates, maybe for the rest of us, we're like, oh, well, I'll look here and here and here. But the average candidate, this is, again, my guess. The stats don't actually confirm this, yeah. but this is my gut feeling, <laughs> is that the, the career website is the source of truth. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't believe it. We've taught we've taught people not to believe what they see on job. Name the 300 job boards that I literally looked at last week. Like, you know, like... Uh-huh. I didn't even know half of them existed. So I think because they are the source of truth, they are absolutely critical. Um, A few things that make them good, pictures that look real. And when I say that, I mean, like people need to look a little messy. Their hair needs to be a little screwed up. Um, They like, they should, I shouldn't find a very similar photo on a stock site. I've had a lot of clients actually who are like, but that's my picture. And I'm like, yeah, it's still, I still can probably Google three more just like I had that. Actually, she's been on the show, Sarah Duxbury, when she was at Fletcher's. Um, They basically got their pretty people in their photos. And I just went, no, no. Or those we are the world type photos where you're like, one black guy, one lesbian. (laughs) (laughs) But I love, it's so, it's honestly, it's so America though. Like you open and you get every shade of skin. (laughs) I'm sure your company is not really like that. Like, please. But you'd also feel like give them crap if they were all white people or all the same too. So that's kind of employee generated content. I just love that whole have a hashtag, just share your shit, just be real. Because no, it's not that simple to just have a hashtag and say go use it, people. It, it takes work or they a vendor time. They need bribery. Yeah, technologies do bribery really they well. They have really. a vendor, Katrina. Huh? They use a vendor yeah. for they their employee. They send yeah, that's good. Well, they, they send out time. Pre-screened employee-generated content is a fantastic thing to have on your site. Um, you don't put it all it's there. better than the photos to me. Having someone talk about their job, like um, you know, if you want to see some good examples, uh, I think Skill Scout does a really great job with their videos. Yeah, uh, it's they also offer like a DIY element. Oh. So basically, they send you a kit and you go film it. You can you empower people. Mm. Um, because that's the thing. Uh, a lot of people ask me about like, how do I make employees activate? Like, what do I get? What do I do to make them go do things? And I'm like, ego. But mm, it's win-win. all about psychology. Absolutely. Make them famous and they will share the shit out of it. Yeah. And if they're highly technical and have like a really unique niche, I can bet, a, I would bet you $100 they know 10 more people that do what they do. Could they learn from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's just, it, just keep it real. Real. Yeah. Just want it real. That wasn't me. Um, <laughs> I'm very conscious I don't have a headset and something vibrated. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. And I think the other thing, Audra, is uh, a lot of career websites miss the call to action element. Yeah. You yeah. need an option for people who maybe aren't ready to apply or yeah. don't see the exact job they want mm. to be able to submit their name at least. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not going to go down this whole like, you need a talent community and because most people don't have the bandwidth to manage yeah. a talent community and there's right. no point in having a black hole talent community and a black hole ATS. Yeah. You don't, they're not, you know, while they love each other, we don't need to keep them together. So, yeah. you know, it's very much like a, 
if you'd like to stay in touch and I can send you jobs, it has to be functional and helpful to them. Yeah. So you're just saying it would automatically send them jobs? Because otherwise, what, do you, what am I going to do with someone's email address and name? If I don't... So yeah, you, you can use it. it. You have a few options. Number one, you could do it as like a piece by piece. So they submit their email address and you send, hey, when you have time, can you give us a little, a few more details about you so that when we have a, a good role for you. So basically giving them another path mm. to submit their. I love their the idea. It's just who's going to have who, the time to keep an eye on all those people. And it's not, not about that. It's about getting them into your ATS so that you can source from it. Source thy people first. Mm -hmm. The problem is so many ATSs have terrible sourcing functionality. Oh my God. Yeah. I so know. Bad. It's a bit like the only Why? decent search I've seen is Janet's Janet Dwyer's. She, her, she and her husband have built some incredible search, but I have no idea how it actually integrates. Like yeah. if you could just like plop it on top of your ATS. Someone has a guest. <laughs> that we have four minutes left and off goes the bell. Yeah. <laughs> right? Round one. Mm. I take it that was one of your doorbells. Was that your doorbell or was that, a, is that Avon calling? Oh my it's God. not mine. <laughs> Jim, you have just shown your age with that one statement. Yeah, right. To the kiddies today, even oh though God. Avon calling is, oh my God. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Um, I do know. So um, we are running out of time. Seriously, three minutes. Oh, my God. Um, next week, we've got Blake McCammon on. And actually, it's funny that Jim has just done that because we're going to have a little bit of a Gen X millennial off. I can't wait. He's going to be on your side, right? He better be on my side. He knows what's good for him. Um, but no, just because it goes, on, <laughs> it goes on about what I was talking last night about the whole, we're forgetting a whole section of people. <laughs> Hello. Hey. The cutest guest has just arrived. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry. Why? It's awesome. That's what I love. We all work from home. I've got into exactly. the, the sun has now come out, which is all the time for my dog walk. I was going to um, say, how many times have you seen my dog? Yeah. <laughs> Your dog's more than you. It's quite worrying. It's worrying. Mm, they're very cute. Like the screen. Anyway, um, can we give... Can we have a show about me? Anyway. <laughs> 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 on that note, thank yeah. you so, so much for joining us again. Yeah, thank you. Of course. That was fun. Thank you thank so much. You. One of these days we're going to meet in person. That'll be a shock. Right. I know. I can't wait. I, I don't know if the world can handle it, but we're going to make it happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Katrina's done enough damage and once in our lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, everyone, for joining. Including Audrey's family. <laughs> Bye guys and we shall see you next week. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.